It is Friday, heading into a weekend, and you know what we like to do on Friday mornings. Yeah, Mr. White. Yes, science. Yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah, we like to talk about science, at least for a few minutes on a Friday, and find out what's going on in the world of discovery. We've got a cool one for you today. A discovery made by a group of Canadian scientists, one that documents something that, well, as far as I can tell, from what I read, has never, ever been seen before. It's pretty interesting, and uh, we're going to find out all about it with Dr. Jackie Levinson, a postdoctoral scholar at the University of California in Berkeley. She worked on the project at Western in Canada when she was a PhD student, so that's how we get to that. Uh, Jackie, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Okay, so we're going to be talking today about mitochondria. So let's define the terms of the discussion here. When we're talking about mitochondria, what are we talking about? So a lot of people, I'm sure, know the mitochondria as the powerhouse of the cell. Okay. So it's the part of our cells that give us energy, that um, help our muscles move and kind of help us stay awake and metabolize and do everything we need to do to be alive. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Simple mm-hmm. enough. Now, historically, doctor, how have we understood mitochondria to work? How do they function? What's the life cycle? Do they live? Do they die? How do we, what do we know about the way they operate? Yeah. So, I mean, mitochondria are important for all living things. And, and we actually, um, they're the most important when we breathe. So when you breathe in oxygen, um, it's actually your mitochondria that are taking up that oxygen and then converting it into a form of energy that we can use. Okay. So they take up oxygen and then they release carbon dioxide, which we then breathe out. And mitochondria, you know, they're, they're fast living organelles. And they can um, become damaged where we might have to get rid of them. We can make new mitochondria, but all of that is really tightly regulated in ourselves in, in all types of animals. Now, what you were looking at in particular is a mm-hmm. phenomenon where you understand that mitochondria can be, for lack of a better term, turned off uh, for like, you know, hibernation, overwintering, things like that. Some organisms can shut it down for a while. Would that be a good way of describing it? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of hibernating animals, so for example, tiny ground squirrels, you might see often all over Alberta, um, even some bears that hibernate, um, they'll basically slow down everything in their body. They slow down their metabolism. And a lot of the time they do that by turning down the activity of their mitochondria. And it just lets them kind of run on a, a low power save mode all throughout the winter because most of the time these types of animals during the winter aren't eating anything. So you need to be able to conserve as much energy as you can so you can survive those long, cold months. Okay, so you were looking for that and doc, trying to document that in uh-huh. in potato beetles, but you saw something completely different. What did you see? Yeah, so I was looking at um, this beetle called the Colorado potato beetle, and it hibernates underground kind of all over temperate North America. And I thought that maybe I would see something similar, that maybe they would just turn down the activity of their mitochondria. But instead, what I found is they actually just get rid of all their mitochondria. So they almost take a sledgehammer um, to all of the mitochondria in one of their really important muscles, which is called the flight muscle, which is what normally they would use to fly. So in insects, there's tons and tons of these mitochondria in their flight muscle, which normally power their flight. But what these beetles were doing is they said, hey, we don't need to fly during the winter and we need to save all this energy. Let's just get rid of the mitochondria altogether. Okay, but then what happens when it's time to do things that require energy if the mitochondria is gone? 
Right. So that's a really good point. So normally you would need something like exercise training. Like in humans, we need to train our muscles to grow new mitochondria. So you need to go to the gym and lift weights. You need to jog and and work up to running a marathon. Um, But these beetles, while they were still in hibernation mode, they just are able to ramp that up and turn on the production of new mitochondria without any type of cue. So it's almost like they anticipate that they're going to need the energy, so they grow it without having to do anything. And that's never been seen before, right? No. So, yeah, it's interesting. I like to say it's like an analogy. If you or I wanted to start jogging after the winter, you know, you can't just leave your house in March and be able to run a half marathon. You need to be able to work up to it, right? Whereas these beetles, it's like they can literally just wake up and run a marathon. Amazing. So what's the potential here? Can we possibly figure out a way to apply this to other things? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously still very basic research, and um, at the heart of it is understanding how insects can survive the winter, which might give us a little bit of a cue of, for example, um, these Colorado potato beetles are a pest of potato plants, so it might help us understand how to better control them. But on the other side of things, because we all have mitochondria, mammals have mitochondria, insects have mitochondria, it can give us a clue into how to maybe uh, jumpstart making new mitochondria when you're in a disease state. So, for example, as we age, um, our muscles waste away and our mitochondria don't get very healthy. And it's really hard for us to be able to make new ones as we get older. Um, Whereas these beetles, it seems like they age really quickly and they waste away their muscle. But unlike us, they can just turn it back on and start making all these new healthy mitochondria. So there is a very, very possible potential that we can use what we learn from these beetles to create some sort of therapy to kind of help jumpstart mitochondrial proliferation in some sort of diseased state. Amazing. Amazing work. Dr. Levinson, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us.